This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Passwitch Police guest and electronic artist Tapeworm, who's playing his first ever live performance on March 19th at the new Osborne Underground. The show is also the tour kickoff for Vagina Witchcraft and features artists like Cheap Heat and Paige Drobot as well. Again, that's Tapeworm's first ever live performance alongside Vagina Witchcraft, Paige Drobot, and Cheap Heat. It's March 19th at the resurrected basement spate in the heart of Osborne Village, Osborne Underground. $10 cover, doors at 9, music at 10, 18 plus. Hey, this is Steve-O from Clipwing and In Two Months. If you're listening to the Witch Police podcast, chances are you love local music. Well, one thing I find pairs well with local tunes is local brew. If you're like me and enjoy a tasty ale while taking in your tunage, I strongly suggest you check out the Beer Boutique at 910 Region Avenue in front of the new Best Western Premier Hotel. At the Beer Boutique, our mission is to provide a unique experience for those hunting for heavenly hops. We have a rotating growler bar loaded with the freshest brews the city has to offer, boast local craft tastings each and every Thursday, and our staff are some of the most well-versed in the biz. Further to that, we also carry a large selection of cider and coolers should that tickle your fancy. So come stop in and say hi to the team in green at 910 Region Avenue and show your support for Peg Proud Brews. Now take it away, Sam. Hey everyone, hope you're enjoying your coronavirus quarantine. Uh, I hope it actually gives you time to listen to more podcasts like this one. There's a lot of great podcasts happening in Winnipeg and, uh, you know, it's always encouraged for you to check out more of them. And if you got some free time because of the mania that's going on right now, it might be a good opportunity. This episode of the podcast is my conversation with Nick Dyson. He's a singer-songwriter who has been on the podcast before, but in kind of a weird capacity. He was on a live episode we did a few years back where the whole concept was that artists would be covering each other's songs live on the podcast. So he hasn't actually sat down for a real interview yet, but we finally managed to make that happen now. It's a few years in the making, but I'm glad it happened. Uh, Nick has been writing some of the most devastatingly sad songs I've ever heard, but in the best possible way, if that makes sense. And he definitely has kind of carved out a niche for himself in the local music scene. He has a punk rock background, which we talked about a bit, and he brings some of that angst into his music, despite playing them in a more stripped-down acoustic style. But he does have new material coming out with a full band. We talk quite a bit about that, about sort of where his music comes from, where his sound comes from, and a whole lot more. And also, if you like the podcast, please share the link. Word of mouth is still the main way that Witch Police Radio reaches new ears. But if you feel like helping beyond that, there's also a Patreon page, which I don't promote all that much, but it's there. And it's basically there as an opportunity for you, the listener, to put a tip in the guitar case if you feel like the show deserves it or if you feel like you like the show. The podcast will always be free, so we're not starting to charge for anything, but it's basically a way to show your appreciation and to help support the show with all the incidental costs that come with running a podcast. So if you want to contribute, you can go as little as a dollar a month at patreon.com witchpolice, and that is greatly appreciated. We have a small base of people who are contributing to the show with their pocket change, and it's awesome. I have so much respect for these people and appreciation for the work that they're doing to help me do the work that I'm doing. So I'd like to thank all of the patrons, especially our newest one, Teresa Johnson. And again, if you feel like donating, patreon.com slash witchpolice. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Witch Police Radio! Witch Police Radio! Witch Police Radio! Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast, Witch Police Radio! All right, 
right, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm doing another phone conversation, which is uh, always a good way to talk to people who aren't necessarily in the city at the time. And uh, the guest on this episode of the show is someone who's technically been on an episode, but it was just like a live thing we did that was uh, not recorded very well, and it wasn't really a formal episode of the podcast either. So I think maybe the best way to get started is if you want to just introduce yourself and a little bit about what you do, we can sort of take it from there. Sure. Uh, So my name is Nick Dyson. Uh, I live outside of Winnipeg, um, but I still consider myself a Winnipeg musician. I'm a singer-songwriter, acoustic-based uh i've been playing shows around the city for uh about nine years now okay and i have no desire to stop anytime soon cool that's good that's good to hear um yeah i i think the way i first kind of became aware of you and even heard about your stuff was because a lot of people in the local punk scene are connected mm-hmm. to you in one way or another and you know i i saw your name on posters and on events and i didn't realize that you were necessarily an acoustic player doing the type of music that you do and so it was yeah. very cool cool to finally hear it and be like oh wow this is different and this is cool so yeah. i guess what's your sort of background in the local music scene i i love that you that you asked that question i think that's one of my my favorite uh parts of my involvement in the scene so uh when i first started i i had very little connections as most people do but sure um i used to teach guitar at a place called rage music in oak bank okay eric grabowacki uh who used to play for a band called take me to the pilot okay um also uh taught there and his sister i graduated with in high school okay cool. so so he uh, and I talked one day and he said, oh, I'm, I hear you're starting to write music. I hear you're starting to play music. Like, maybe we'll, we'll get you on a bill with Take Me to the Pilot. Uh, I, al- I already knew Take Me to the Pilot and I knew that they were, you know, kind of one of the upper echelon bands at the time. Okay. So I didn't really think much of it. I was like, oh, yeah, that'd be cool. That'd be cool. And then. One morning, I woke up and I, got, I had an email from them asking me to play or to open one of their shows at the Park Theater. This was like probably my second show ever. That's like, huge. That's huge for your second show, yeah, to play at that venue. It's just like insane, yeah. Um, before that, I had played at Aquabooks, which uh, isn't around anymore. Yeah. But I basically just played there in front of my friends and family. Right. But when I got that opportunity, I mean, that was a a sold out park theater pretty much. And uh, I played with um, a band called Live the Story that was from, uh, I forget where they're from. They're not from here, though. Um, But they played like easy core, metalcore esque music. And then Almost Birds, which was Adam Hanny and uh, crap, there was one more band. (laughs) I can't remember. Uh, it was almost nine years ago now. Sure, anyways, yeah, yeah. After that show, uh, all my doors opened, like pretty much all at once, because there were so many people there within the local scene uh, that saw me play that sh- that set. And because I was so new, and I guess I, I made quite the impression, after that I had so many show offers, and it kind of just 
snowballed from there. Cool. So, um, and I think a lot of people are, are very surprised to learn that I, I love heavy music mm -hmm. because, because of the genre that I play. Um, so I think just that, that common appreciation was enough for people to um, give me a shot. Cool. And then last but not least, I think a lot of people really appreciate mixed genre shows. I think so too, yeah. Um, and even if it's just like me and a bunch of punk bands, just me being thrown in there um, changes the, the vibe so much um, in, a, I think, a positive way. Okay. And so I'm, I'm always looking for mixed genre shows. And so, yeah, I think that's the best way I can answer that question. Sure, sure. So how does yeah. um, how does the punk stuff and the heavy stuff, how does that turn into what you do? Because, I mean, I think it's it's fair to call what you do folk music. And, I mean, yeah. unless you have another definition of it. But it's very it's very soft, and it's very yeah. pretty, and it's, it's kind of the opposite of what you think when you think punk rock, right? So how does that influence come into what you do as a solo, you know, folk singer? Um, well, I think... And this it doesn't go for all of my all of my songs, yeah. but a lot of my songs are very aggressive lyrically. Mm -hmm. um, I don't I don't mince words a lot of the time, and if you put some if you put some distortion behind it, it would be a rock song or a punk song. Okay, okay. You said it's cold where we're from.
I, I get influenced by by their melodic choices, by uh, like I said, their lyric writing. Um, and honestly, on my second full length, a little bit self-indulgently, there's there's two full band punk songs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In the in the middle of the regular scheduled uh, acoustic sad <laughs> music that I usually deliver. Yeah. And in hindsight, now I realize that it probably wasn't the greatest idea, just because people have something to expect from me and it kind of comes out of left field and i guess unless they know your background right exactly but a lot of people like if i'm if i'm playing a show in front of strangers yeah uh i'm not gonna play those punk songs and then they buy my album and then those come out of nowhere i could imagine that uh for a lot of people that would kind of turn them the wrong way Sure. Um, but my thought behind it at the time was showing people that that is a side of me and showing other people as well as myself that I was capable of doing that okay. and that I had that side of me and that I could write that kind of music. Um, but now, years later, I have decided that it probably isn't a good idea to, to mix the two um, on like the same album or the same okay. release. So I actually started a little punk band on mm -hmm. the side yeah, uh, to try and channel that side of me uh, a little bit better and a little bit more focused and freely. Okay. Well, I guess the follow-up question to that then is, is why not just go right into being in a punk band? I mean, you know, why did you choose the route you did if you're, you have the same inspiration from those songs and lyrically you're dealing with the same kind of aggressive material? Like, isn't that the obvious go-to? Uh, well, when I, when I started, uh, writing, it was because of City and Color. Okay. Um, that was like my catalyst into being a singer-songwriter. Um, when I, I learned playing guitar on, on an electric guitar, learning the riffs, um, playing with distortion, all that stuff. And I love doing that, obviously. But yeah. I, I, I felt a lot of freedom and a lot of um, independence with an acoustic guitar being able to um, pretty much bring it anywhere, okay. play anywhere, write anywhere. Um, and also, uh, as, a, as someone with a minor disability... Um, playing with a pedal board isn't yeah. really accessible to me. Sure. And so when I kind of looked at potentially playing shows and, and potentially being in a band, I thought I, I really didn't know how I was going to navigate that. And okay. to, this, to this day, I, I still have trouble with it. With when I, when I do play with my punk project, I have one pedal okay. and I, and I put it on top of a milk crate and I use my, my hands. Oh, cool. Okay. Um, so like, I mean, it kind of works, but it kind of doesn't. Yeah. I, yeah. I'm, I'm hoping that over time I'll, I'll figure something better out. But I think that's another reason why I, I would lean towards acoustic music just because it's, it's a lot easier for me. Honestly. Sure. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. Just physically. 
and and even though I'm uh, uh, influenced by by punk music, does not mean that I'm not influenced by folk music. Of I course, mean, yeah. Um, so I think that my eclectic taste kind of filters through, and how, whatever comes out comes out, and okay. um, I'm yeah. Well, I think um, another thing too that you know, like I said, I heard about you because you were playing a lot of shows with punk bands and stuff. Yeah. But I, when we did that that live show that you were part of, it was mm-hmm. very much about songwriting, and I think that you were always kind of flagged to me from other people as someone who the songwriting is the strong suit, and then someone whose lyrics I should listen to, and whose songs I should sort of give the time to uh, to kind of you know let simmer rather than just listen to as background music. And I think yeah. that you know on your on the two albums that I have of yours anyway, that definitely comes through. In a big way that, that the songs are are very well thought out and you know very kind of meticulously put together and it, I assume acoustic music gives you the benefit of, of making those lyrics sort of more prominent and more maybe obvious not buried in distortion and things like that uh, I really appreciate all that kindness thank you very much um, yeah I agonize over my lyrics yeah I really 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 do I'm I'm hyper aware of things like um, I like. I'm hyper aware of things like cliches. Yeah. And and using uh, what's called bloat language, which yep. is just like saying saying words just to fill syllables. Sure. Um, that don't actually have any purpose, rather than just filling space. I, I'm really really cognizant of that, and then. On the other side of that, obviously, whatever I write is hyper personal, mm-hmm. um, and I, I'm very, very much tied to the fact that I, I never write anything um, for anyone else. I only write for myself, and I, I write as a form of therapy. Um, as a f- form of catharsis. Okay. Um, so, in that sense, my my creative output is actually pretty small, because I don't, I'm not one of those creatives that uh, forces myself to write, or, or tells myself that I have to write every single day. I don't. I don't try to do that. I I only write when I, when I feel like I actually need to. Okay. Uh, and when I do that, the, the words that come out are very, um, very raw and very real. And so, yeah, I think, especially with acoustic music, when, when you're sitting up there performing alone, uh, if you're just playing like a nice chord progression, you know, there's not a lot going on. So what are, what's everyone, like, what are they going to listen to if your progression is boring? They're going to listen sure. to the words. Um, so what I try to do is I try to, to write a progression that's a little bit different in some way or another. Some, like, either with finger style or, or an alternate tuning. Mm-hmm. Uh, or or a weird time signature or whatever whatever it may be 
But I try to do that and then focus on the lyrics so that so that they're they have two things to listen to. Okay. Um, because I know that a lot of people listen to music for different reasons, right? Sure. Uh, I listen for the lyrics, but I know that I'm that I am only one side. A lot of people only listen to music for the instrumental. So sure. I yeah, try to yeah. I try to cater to both as much as I can. Okay. But but for myself, it's really about the lyrics. So I, I don't think it's a stretch to say that a lot of your material is a bit of a downer, and I mean <laughs> in, in the best way possible. But like, so yes. if you're if you're you know like you just said it's very personal and it's obviously very emotional. Um, yeah. Do you have trouble kind of tapping into that when you're performing them on stage? Because like you said, you know you you've really agonized over these lyrics and putting it together, and it's a sort of a long process. So can you kind of bring up the emotion that that was involved in writing the songs when you have to perform them night after night, potentially? Um very good question again my friend i uh i could talk about this for a long time but i to keep it short i i battled like that that whole concept mm-hmm. i i battle with every single day uh, i have a huge issue with putting my biggest fears insecurities sadnesses grief whatever it is uh on display yeah and then sold for entertainment okay you know fair enough yeah. I, yeah. I have a i have a huge issue with that um and obviously the return on it would be 
when I play a show and then after the show, someone comes up to me and says, like, I, I really know what you, I really felt what you were saying. Uh, like, I, I also went through something similar or this related to me in this way. Like, mm-hmm. that's that's any musician's greatest compliment, right? That's what we all want. That's what we all hope. Yeah. Uh, but to answer your question plainly, yes, it's incredibly hard. Uh, and, but I will say I've gotten better at it. Uh, because when I first started playing shows, the songs that I was writing and the emotions that I was writing about were so raw that I actually cried on stage okay. um, multiple times. Uh, like, I, I would try to introduce the song and I would just start crying. Or I would be choking back tears or sobs in the middle of the song. Oh, wow. And then my, and then my voice would crack or, or I'd, lose my, I'd lose my breath. Um, so, obviously, I don't want to put myself through that. No, uh, no. And I don't think, when, when people come to my shows, no one wants to see that. Um, uh, but, now, I'm able to, to kind of microdose it. Like, okay. I, I, can, I can kind of control how much I, I really put into it. Um, it also it, depends on who's in my audience, too. Because sure. if I'm playing to a room full of strangers, it's not so bad. But if I'm playing to a room that I know I have some really important people there, like people that just mean a lot to me, people that uh, I care about deeply, um, that makes it a lot harder. Sure. So I, I kind of audience is because as an acoustic artist, you're either going to play to a room that, you know, 80% of them aren't listening. You know, they're talking, you're, they're talking yeah. over you or you could be playing to a room that's dead silent and is hanging on to your every single word. Um, and I've, I've definitely played to both and, both are are agonizing and terrifying in their own right but i think for someone like me who who like i said and like you said agonizes over the lyrics and and really cares about what they're saying Mm -hmm. to me a, a dead silent room is the absolute greatest compliment that I could possibly receive when performing. Okay. Um, and, and when when everyone's tuned into the same thing and everyone is is respectfully listening, I almost feel a little bit safer because I know that they're they're feeling what I'm putting out and they're like they're with me on this journey kind of thing. And they're not going to. They're not going to judge me. They're not going to uh, look down on me for for being emotional. They they appreciate it. Is that harder to do in a show where you're, you know, say opening for a bunch of bands and a lot of the audience is there for those bands and maybe doesn't know who you are? Like, is it is it harder to kind of um, 
put that across. And I, I, usually, if if I'm, I change the set list. Okay. Honestly, I I very much cater to my audience. I always have, um, because there is a huge difference between playing to a punk crowd and playing yeah. to playing to a folk crowd. Um, and so I I definitely and I've even changed my set list. Uh, right before going on stage because I'll, I'll look out into the audience and I'll see who's there okay. and I'll make snap decisions right then and there. Um, so, so, yeah, it's much harder. Um, but I try to cater to them so that maybe instead of 80% of the room talking, I'll get 50%. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, for or, sure, yeah. If if all goes according to plan, maybe I'll shut the whole room up. Who knows? Right, that's right. also happened, and that's that's incredible too. But I don't expect, I don't expect that on any night. You know. Yeah. Uh, I just have to see how it goes, really. Well, maybe another follow-up question to that is, you know, like you were saying before about uh, you know breaking into tears doing a song and having that much emotion kind of on display when you're recording. How do you put that into the record? Because it's there on the records. But, I mean, if you're playing the same song five times trying to get the best take, how do you get that feeling without it sounding kind of like you're phoning it in? You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. it doesn't well, sound like that, but I imagine there might, it must be hard to avoid that. So, actually, um, my first, my very first EP and my first album, This One's For You, mm-hmm. uh, 90% of it was actually recorded live. Oh, nice. Okay. Um, or the guitar was tracked, and then I did the vocal track in one take. Okay. And that was my way of of inserting the emotion because I thought to myself, if I if I break this up, if I do it, you know, line by line, or or I do it a million times, yeah, the emotion's gonna gonna suffer. It won't be authentic, right? And I at that time I didn't. I didn't really believe in myself uh, as a musician and as a songwriter. I thought, you know, if I have anything going for me, it's the emotion. Okay. Because I didn't understand at the time why anyone would want to listen to me. I, ha- I didn't understand, like, what what made people say that they liked my voice. I, You know, to me, it sounded like my voice on an answering machine. You know how you feel? Sure, you know, sure, yeah, you yeah. And you're like, why do I sound like that? Yeah. It's the, it's the same kind of feeling. Uh, so, yeah, at the time I thought, emotion is all I got, so I have to protect it at all costs. And that <laughs> meant, that meant doing the, the takes, or doing the vocal takes in one take. And also, I had little to no effect on my voice or my guitar, like reverb, yeah, uh, stuff like that. It was very raw. So what's the point? 
Now, with with the album that I'm that that is upcoming, yeah, um, I I did actually do the full production, proper recording technique, cool. where where you do multiple takes and and you do um, line by line, and you kind of you kind of split it up and and chop it up and put it together later, um, and. How I got the emotion for that was uh, not particularly because we wanted to, but the the recording process took a long time. Okay. Uh, so I wasn't doing you know all the vocal takes in one day. Uh, I had a lot of time to process, and a lot of time to to think, and a lot of time to prepare. So when I did go in to do vocals, I was definitely in that headspace. Okay. And I just I just tried my best to convey it, you know. And how do you did you feel like it worked out? Like do you feel like it sounds as genuine as the the live stuff? I you know what? I I don't know if I can answer that yet because the the jump from last album to this album in terms of production and in terms of just how how it sounds like in general mm-hmm. is actually quite it's quite staggering to me uh because i'm so used to hearing myself one way and sure. so now this is like a whole new sound almost for me even though it's not really um and so i'm kind of i'm kind of going in blind like i kind of feel like this might be my first album kind of so okay. To speak. Okay. Just because it's um yeah, it's so different. It's it's so new. Um but I can tell you from the reaction from from friends and and fans if you want to call them that. Um 
is overwhelmingly positive. I think everyone, yeah, everyone's been feeling the emotion and uh, they've been feeling the, the intent behind it. So, I mean, that's all I could really ask for. Yeah, and I guess once it's out in the world too, it's up to say it's not really your choice whether people take it the right way or not, right? Like they choose how they want to yeah, interpret once it. It's and, out, yeah, it's out. yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's out of my control at that point. Um, and I think this is the new standard that I'm setting for myself in terms of production. So I, I'm slowly getting used to it, and I'm okay. and I'm coming to appreciate it, and I'm coming to realize the the positive effect that it's having on my on my music uh and all the all the doors that it's opening and all the possibilities that it's opening up so yeah cool when do you have an idea of when this is coming out this new record like is that all sorted out yet or well i the the album's done okay uh and so i have the one out the one single out uh that came out in february i have another one coming out uh, March 20th. Cool. Uh, today's March 9th. Uh, yeah. so the clock yet, that's 11 days. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. so I, because it's full production and it's full band. Cool. Um, I have to put a band together. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. yeah and which is something I've never done. And I, I want to do it right. And I and I want to make sure that I have the right people behind me, and I and I want to I want to do it all justice. So I'm I'm really uh, taking my time with it. I'm really not trying to rush anything. So I I haven't gotten the band together yet, but I have in my mind the people that I would like to ask. Okay. I'm sure that they that I'll get. Uh, the right people that's not what i'm worried about uh i just don't know how long it's going to take for me to or for all of us in the band to feel comfortable and and good enough to go out and play live so it's a hundred percent going to happen and it's it's something that i that i am planning on doing i just I just have to take my time. That's sure. All. Sure. Did these yeah. new songs? Can these new songs be played solo acoustically? Like, or Absolutely. they do? Yeah, they can still work that way. Most of them I wrote by myself. Actually, all of them I wrote by myself, just like every other song, and they were written on acoustic. Uh, when I took them to the studio, to uh, Jordan Voth, actually. Yep. Um, who produces everybody these days yeah <laughs> exactly um he's the he's a madman yeah, um, yeah so when i took it to him he actually acted kind of as a producer because one thing that i lack in my in my artistic ability is to like flesh out a song okay which would mean to uh to build on top of it and to to be able to hear the different parts like to hear a bass line and to hear a, a lead guitar line. I don't really hear that. I don't really have that inside of me. Sometimes I do, um, but very rarely. Is that a factor so, of just playing solo so long? Like, is that just because you're so used maybe. to hearing just one voice, one guitar, sort of? Maybe. 
you know, I hadn't actually thought about it that way, honestly. I just thought that it was just a hole in my in my ability. But okay. maybe it's maybe it's literally just because yeah, I just haven't been able to flex that muscle really. Yeah. But uh, that's one thing that I can thank uh, Jordan for is that he was able to kind of be that guy for me. So I would show him the songs solo, and then he immediately was like, oh, yeah, I hear, I hear this, I hear that, I hear this. And then we put it all down, and he said, so what do you think? Yeah. And then we, and then we worked from there. Cool. Um, so, yeah, he put, a, he put a lot into this, into this album as well. And so I'm very, I'm very, very, very appreciative and grateful for him and for the work that he put into building my songs because I definitely couldn't. Yeah. Well, and I guess you've worked with him before too, right? Like, I mean, it's nice to have someone that you know that knows your material too and can sort of uh, yeah. give you those kind of suggestions based on what your your previous albums sound like and, you know, based on exactly. what you've been doing for years. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. You, you took the words right out of my mouth. Yeah. I mean, he was the one that did those punk songs yeah. On, my, yeah. on my last album and he actually did uh, another one of my songs uh, on the album, uh, he put some some drums and and a bass line underneath it. Cool, cool. Um, and yeah, we've played a couple shows together, and and we've just been around each other for a long time. So yeah, I I, I really trusted him with with my songs and with my. I well, I trusted him with his vision. Yeah, and we and it just became more of a collaboration, which I love. Yeah, that's it's nice to have that someone in your back pocket who can sort of do that for you. Yeah, because I'm tired. I, you know what? I'm through after this whole process of of recording this album, and I I, I really realized uh, how tired I am of being alone. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and doing everything alone. I still I still appreciate you know performing alone, but I I'm very much looking forward to having people behind me and and being able to share that with other people okay well speaking yeah. of speaking of performing do you have anything coming up in the relatively near future that uh people can check oh, out? oh yeah i've got lots actually which is not usual for me but <laughs> yeah, I, yeah, I, I, yeah. Do. I have um so today is the today is the ninth yeah this will come out on, this will come out a few days uh maybe a week or so after this so Okay, so I, I don't know if it'll, but the 13th, Friday the 13th, I'm playing at the, the New Cavern, the okay, Osborne yeah, yeah. Underground. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, with Bushstones, Malucky, and Parkview. Okay. So, speaking of playing with punk bands, uh, Parkview is a punk band, and Bushstones, Malucky is like a, I don't know, just like a rock band. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, funnily enough, both of those bands uh, have guys that i've grown up with since kindergarten oh cool um yeah and so and this is the first time that all three of our, our bands have been under the same roof playing yeah, the yeah. Same show. that's awesome so, yeah so it's gonna be really special for us um and then on the monday so the monday the uh 16th i'm playing at fourth opening for crywank okay which is wild a great name for a bad band yeah Incredible, yeah. So they're they're like this anti folk, weird folk band from Manchester. Mm -hmm. They're going on a huge world tour as like a 
a farewell tour. They're yeah, breaking yeah. up after this. And I remember years ago being in one of those special corners of YouTube, you know, where where you're finding all this cool music yeah. that's really, that no one really knows about, but somehow it has millions of views. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean for sure. So, yeah. yeah, yeah, very like cult cult classicy. Yeah. And you stumble so upon it by accident, right? You just suddenly you're clicking through stuff, and all of a sudden some song appears, and you get yeah, sucked like, in. Whoa. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So I found one of their albums uh, that way years ago, and so it's uh, it's very crazy to me that I get to play a sh that show with them, their last show in Winnipeg, and yeah. on their last tour. So that one's going to be very special. Um, then on the 25th, I'm playing at the Handsome Daughter. Uh, opening, I don't actually know if I'm opening or if I'm in the middle of the bill. I haven't figured that out yet, but uh, with uh, singer-songwriter Ben Stopfell and uh, Medium Build, who's okay. actually coming all the way from Alaska. Oh, wow. Yeah, touring. And like he's going on a full tour, but Winnipeg is the first stop. So he's driving straight from Alaska to Winnipeg to play this show. So I really hope people show up. Yeah. Um, just for him. I don't care about me. I, I, I want him to have a good audience. Uh, he's incredible. Uh, and then, today, I just got announced that I'm playing the Bruno Awards. Nice. Which is the Independent Music Awards, hosted by uh, Beer for Breakfast. Playing with a very mixed bill. We've got like a Grizzly Fate, which is like easy core metal core. Yeah. And Alana Jeffries, who's this 16 year old wonder child who's incredible. Yeah. And, uh, and some hip hop, I think fresh IE. Okay. And, and full circle. Very cool. Very cool. And then last but not least, May 3rd, my friend, Peter Harder, who is a, uh, he's actually a pop artist, but he, he writes, produces, records all of his music by himself. Like, from start to finish, everything is done by him. Uh, he's only played one live show before this. Oh, wow. And he's, and he's doing a EP release at the Park Theater with myself and Habs, oh, who's cool. another, okay. hip -hop, uh, another yeah. local hip-hop artist. So, very eclectic. I'm so excited because every show is so different. Yeah. Um, Genre-wise, even venue-wise, that's all over the city. Um, I did forgot to say the um, the Bruno Awards is at Shannon's Irish Pub. Right. Uh, so and you and like honestly, because I I don't tour because I I I have a lot going on in my life other besides music. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't I don't usually play this often, or at least I don't usually have so many upcoming shows um that are like announced and and booked yeah so that's that's very exciting to me uh so i think i'm gonna have a, a good a good spring and a good summer for sure cool and so just to wrap it up here i, I know you, you obviously have the album coming out uh soon but what yeah. about your, your previous stuff is that still floating around out there online people can still find your music if they want to find the old albums absolutely uh they're all on all the major streaming services uh, and all my old albums are also on Bandcamp, and uh, I do have some physicals, if they like physical copies of the CDs, if they want to come to a show and pick one up. Cool. But uh, yeah, I 
I'm not a huge fan of streaming, but I from from an artist point of view, it's killing the music industry. But totally. From a, but from a consumer point of view, it's incredible. Um, so my my latest single is "I'm a Bruise," and it's right on the top of my artist profile and uh you can just click and listen to it only takes two and a half minutes cool and then what's the best way for someone to find out about upcoming shows i know you mentioned like five of them but you know if someone's <laughs> yeah, hearing, yeah, hearing this later on or something you know where, where should they go to find out where you're playing um, and, and that kind of thing probably my instagram okay. uh or or facebook but probably instagram because I, I think that's where i'm the most active okay uh, so it's just nick dyson music and i see d-y-s-o-n music Okay. Um, and yeah. Okay, awesome. Well, if people want to hear more episodes of this show, they can go to witchpolice.com and all 460 whatever episodes are there for free download and streaming. You can also tune in on Sundays at midnight on 101.5 UMFM. And those are older episodes that get a bit of a boost kind of a few months after the fact. So, you know, it's uh, March now. It might not be the sum- till the summer till it actually airs, but it's kind of a cool mm-hmm. little bump because, you know, by then you'll have your probably have your record out and you might be playing a bunch more Absolutely. shows. So it's cool. Someone could be listening at midnight on the, in their car or wherever they listen to the radio at midnight. And uh, they could just go right out and buy the record. So it's yeah, got a cool little bonus. That, yeah, that would be amazing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that's that's the podcast. So uh, I'm glad we uh, made time for this because it, it's been a while, uh, like, like we were saying, and it's uh, nice to actually get a formal podcast in with you. Yeah, you know, I was really, uh, I, you've always been in the back of my mind is something that I've always wanted to do, and yeah, uh, and I knew that, I knew that I definitely wanted to have this podcast happen and i think this is the perfect time so i'm very yeah. grateful to you and everything you do for the local scene it's it's really incredible man we need more people like you yeah i hope so i mean <laughs> the more people document this stuff, the better it, the better it is for everyone right i mean the more people are yeah. documenting live shows or, or doing interviews or taking photos or whatever it's all it's all it's all good
Just to 